You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network for podcasting or live program scheduling. Hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured a libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe. Civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening ashe. to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi Hotep family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today. Hope you get a chance to do all the things that you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not and it has to get done, it must be done. And brothers and sisters, I know you will get it done. All right. 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, or any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Brother Kwaku, who's still probably partying because it was his birthday on Monday. Uh, other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern times. On Tuesday, from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. On Friday at 8 p.m. until it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9 p.m., the Sankofa Elders Council. And then once again on Sunday at 7 p.m., time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And of course, the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. Brothers and sisters, something just happened that was just fantastic. Um, remember I was saying from the last program on Monday that I'm going to, I want to talk about something that, uh, came to my attention was a brother who created a atmospheric water machine that you can take to condense water out of the air and make clean drinking water. And man, this is just uh, fantastic. And ironically, I have the brother with me on the line. So I'm going to forgo all the announcements that I do. Because if you're a listener of this program, you've already, you hear them constantly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And uh, I want to get to, because I'm not sure of his availability. And so I want to, I don't want to hold him. Uh, and I'm not sure. But brothers and sisters, on the line with me is Brother Moses West, the brother who created the A, let me see, what is it called? It would, well, yeah, he'll, let him talk. Let this brother talk. Good morning, Brother Moses West. Good morning. Good man. It, this is like I, I swear I love the ancestors. I love divine providence. Believe me, I do. This is great. I don't know how much time you do have, um, but whatever amount of time that you have, I appreciate it. And um, um, so this program runs until one o'clock, and I know that's probably. And, and where are you now? Are you still in Houston? No, I moved. Um, I have moved out of Texas. I'm a. I live in the Midwest now. I manufacture my equipment out here. Do you manufacture Texas. your equipment in Manitowoc, Wisconsin? Still, uh, I manufacture in Wisconsin, but not Manitowoc. I, I the what you do is there are several components to the machine, mm-hmm. and I build them all here in the United States. So sometimes a component can be made in. In one city, ah. another part can be made in another city. Then it's it's shipped to my location, right? And, and then we, assemble. We assemble. Yeah. Okay. So are you where, are you in Wisconsin? I manufacture in Wisconsin, but I'm down in Illinois. Oh, you're in Illinois. Okay, because I'm from Wisconsin. I live here in Atlanta now. I've been here almost eight years. I'm in I'm here in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm from I'm from Georgia. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> you were born here, but you. Uh, Went to, uh, when did you go to Germany? How old were you when you left for Germany? Oh, uh, when I went to Germany, I was a toddler. Okay. How long were you? Was, do you remember anything about Germany? Everything about it. 
I was there. Uh, I was there in Europe uh, at the end of the Second World War, so I lived off base. Mm-hmm. Oh, my father didn't have enough uh, uh, enlisted guys. Uh, if you were E one, two, three, mm-hmm. you didn't have enough rank to move on base. And you had to wait for housing. So we lived on the economy, and the economy is just living on on the German economy. Okay, and uh, I, I played in the rubble, World War Two. The soldier, the people that used to, yeah. the men that used to babysit me, and the families used to babysit me as a child. Those were all, they were all former, former German soldiers okay. and their families. Okay, man, yeah, you. Um, I tell you, brother, uh, reading about you, like I said, a a a piece came to my attention, and and in fact, I want to play the piece. It's not that long, which which perked my curiosity. And, mm-hmm. and and the fact that one of the main things we as human beings need above anything is water. Water should never be something that is, you know, monetized. Water, oh. should, that's my feeling. You know, I, that's how I feel. That water should never be monetized because it is vital to our very existence. And clean no, water is part of nature. That's right. You know, but yet uh, in Wisconsin, where I'm from, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, particularly I'm from Milwaukee, we had some really clean drinking water as I grew up as a child. You know, you could drink out of the hose. In fact, I was a firefighter. I was a firefighter for 31 years. We used to drink, you know, we fight a fire and then drink out the water that comes out of the pumps of the fire engine, you know. And no problem, no sickness, no nothing like that. And until the early 90s, when uh, cryptosporidium contaminated the water, they believed that uh, water was contaminated in other areas of the state uh, through cow feces and other contaminants, and then got into Lake Michigan, into the drinking water, and it wasn't, uh, I guess, the filtration plants filtered enough or whatever, and it got into the drinking water. And of course, at that time, um, people who had compromised immune systems or who were older, particularly if you had uh, HIV or AIDS, you know, you, you, you died. You could, you could possibly die. Older people got really sick, particularly with diarrhea and so forth, you know. And since that time, people been drinking bottled water consistently. Now, I know when I went to I've been to I've been to Africa a number of times, and I've been to Ghana just as recently as many times to Ghana, but recently as 2019. And I got sick again because I foolishly didn't think when I had some ice in my glass because I had a bottle of water that was warm, and I was like, "Damn!" And I got sick, and boy, was I sick at least for two days, and then everything was okay after that. But still, you know, the the fact is, clean drinking water. Is I mean, you can let how many days can you live without food? Week, month, maybe? I think it's around 11. About 11 days. 11 days days without food. How many days can you live without water? Three, then you start to lose your mind, then about seven, week. See? (laughs) So, you know. The companies that have monetized water 
And I remember the first one uh, back in, you know, uh, back in, I think it was this, the 80s, maybe the ni- early 90s, was Perrier water. And people would buy that in, in clubs, you know, drink a little, like sparkling water. You know, like buying a pint of water. You know, water should be free. Water should be free flowing, you know. And and then, of course, water became something of an issue around the world. But it always, I'm quite sure it probably has been for, for a long time, particularly with areas where there's drought or where there's some kind of, you know, uh, catastrophe, you know, that, that, that has compromised the, the drinking water. But still, you know, water should be something that is there for human beings because it is a necessity for our very lives. And what you have done, and, and, and simply because of all the things that I've read, you realize that, hey, water's all in the air. Water molecules are in the air. If I can get them into this machine and clear, you know, and purify them and so forth, we can have drinking water psh, for forever. Because I think there isn't there some people who believe that water, uh, there's going to be a water shortage. There's it's a it, water shortage is a fact. It's we're not people are not connecting the dots and people are not being informed right now. You're there's the misinformation out there about our water is is it's it's a scandal. There are people right now that have not had running water in their home for a couple of years. And that's here in the United States. There's people every day that fall off the water main. And right now in, in the West Coast, you have a, you have some places where you can look at and you can go do this on your own. Don't take my word for it. Go look, go, go do the research on your own. Don't listen to don't don't listen to what anybody is telling you about it. Just go find that research. It's out there. People put it out there. The Biscayne Aquifer in uh, in Florida. We take the Florida. The Biscayne Aquifer runs under Florida. It's a cavernous aquifer. The sinkholes are piling in, falling into it because the aquifer wow. aquifer is emptying out. Wow. The salt water, the, the fresh water, is been is so drawn out of the aquifer. It's like if you have a big balloon and it's full of if it's full of water, if you start to take the water out, the balloon shrinks down. Mm, right. All that space that was there before, mm, mm-hmm. now that's starting to get filled with with salt water because that salt water is coming in to replace that that water that's that's coming out of that big balloon called mm. the aquifer. So the, so, the so the water, water that's becoming salty. So the water that's displacing that that's. That gets in through groundwater or various means, yes. because water's all yes. around. Okay, the whole the whole coast of the whole coast of Florida is surrounded by water. Yes, it's surrounded by salt water. Mm-hmm. You have the Gulf on one side, you have the Atlantic on the other, and so when you pull the fresh water from the ground, you have this massive body of water that's continuing to rise and level, and it's going into the groundwater. Now that's just one aquifer. Mm-hmm. That's just one. Now let's head, let's head, let's head west. Then you get to, you get to Texas. You have an aquifer there called the, um, the Edwards underground aquifer. Texas right now is going through a growth spurt, a huge growth spurt. The water in that aquifer, it's a cavernous aquifer as well. So it needs, the water needs to, rain needs to hit the ground and it needs to run across clean ground and go into the aquifer. 
the land in Texas used to, the place there in Texas used to be called the land of a thousand springs. Mm-hmm. When I was a child in Texas, you could drink water as it pumped out of the ground. We would mm-hmm. find we would find clear streams everywhere. Those streams have stopped. The luck, the level has dropped, and the water that's in the aquifer is becoming highly contaminated because if you put your houses and your dogs and your cats and your cows and your cars and your manufacturing plants and your Roundup and your herbicides and pesticides, and you spray that with millions of people on top of an aquifer, when it rains, what does the rain do? Right. It washes it away. Exactly. Where does the rain wash it? Into it washes it into the aquifer. <sighs> so the aquifer in Texas is being ruined, and it's being it's being dried up. And it's not it's not replacing it with clean water because the water that runs into it now is not clean. And there's more people demanding water from that aquifer, so that aquifer is going to go dry. And those people are not going to have water. Now Brother, let's go north. <clears throat> you go north of there, and you have an aquifer, and it's called the Agalala. The Agalala Aquifer. It's a, it's a gravelly sand aquifer. It takes hundreds of years to recharge that thing. Hundreds of years. It's a, it was a massive aquifer. And it is dry under the panhandle of Texas. And as it moves north, it's becoming drier and drier and drier. You cannot replenish it. When that Agalala aquifer is completely depleted, it is not coming back. Now, let's go to the West Coast. You go to the West Coast. You have the, you have the, you have the Rocky Mountains, the Great Continental Divide, the Great Continental Divide, and it goes all the way to California. Then you get to California, and you have the Sierra Nevada Mountains. I remember being up in the Sierra Nevada Mountains because I'm a hiker, I'm a camper, I'm, I'm an outdoors person. And I remember being up in the Sierra Nevada Mountains. I've seen 50-foot snowpacks. 50-foot mm. mm. snowpacks. If you fell into, if you went out walking in places where you shouldn't walk and you fell through the snow, they didn't come get you until after the snow melted. <laughs> that's melt. right, after the spring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm laughing, but time. that's sad because you'd be, you would be dead, but <laughs> you're right. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and that slope, and that snow up in the mountains that stayed up in those high mountains, because I lived in Colorado too, you could always see a snow-capped mountain in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And that snow was always there. But what happened was that snow melted slowly and it fed rivers. And it went and fed that, it went and fed a river called the Colorado River. The Colorado River was a massive rushing river and all that was trickling snowmelt. Mm-hmm. And that flowed all the way down to Mexico. And the, we dammed that, we dammed that river up and we created hydroelectric power. Mm-hmm. Where at? Is that Where the, do we do that? Is that the Hoover Dam? Exactly. Hoover Dam, Boulder Dam. Oh, we Boulder, call it a bunch of different things. Yep. Boulder, Colorado. Yep. That's almost dry. I saw it is. It, it is because I mean I saw a piece the other day. On, on you know, like I said, you know, when I saw what you had done I, when I got this piece, and I just started doing more research. But I've been seeing looking at water issues for quite some time because I, um, I never forget sitting at the firehouse table back in the eighties talking about global warming, and I took it. I took it serious, you know. And, and and yet, uh, when Jimmy Carter was president, he put solar panels on top of the White House. As soon as Ronald and Reagan, Reagan, and Reagan took them off, right away, 
and they bought out the oil industry bought out solar and wind to suppress it and and because they didn't want to hear about that and they continued on with uh, fossil fuels which of course heated up I mean, they, they, they said it. And so in that article, Brother Moses, that I read, they said, if you don't change these things 20, 30 years from now or, or longer, they'll be permanent and, the, and, and they'll, they'll be things that will happen that shouldn't happen prolonged, i.e., yes, there's going to be hurricanes. That's hurricane season, but not to the devastation and, 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 and prolonged as they are or extreme heat. Extreme cold, extreme cold. That's why people talk about when they talk about global. Well, it can't be global warming because it's cold as hell outside. Was African, you know? Well, but that that is just the, extremes. We need we need to. Uh, some people want to be very politically correct these days, mm-hmm. and then there's no more time for like. I agree. I'm a, I'm a military officer. I'm a, I have a little com. I have some combat time, and then when you're in the when you're in the face of battle. You don't have time to be politically correct. You need to tell people directly what you're thinking. And sometimes when people say these things, they say these things out of ignorance now. Mm-hmm. They don't know any better because they haven't been taught because the information has been suppressed. Mm-hmm. And so when they say, well, it's cold, so we don't have, that's not that's not showing signs of global warming. You need to move on because it's because you need to find the people who do understand who do want to make a difference and change this. We don't have time to educate people anymore on what's going on. The people who know how to, how to mitigate the situation and correct it need to pull together and start doing something. Because I'm going to tell you right now, this last river that we were just talking about, the Colorado, yeah. that thing, I've never seen it that low. It hasn't been that low since they built the dam. So I wasn't around in the 1930s, so I've never seen it that low. That thing's going to run out. And when that thing runs out, I don't understand why we don't have a contingency and mm-hmm. contingency plan, plan in place yes. to support the people on the West Coast because it takes it takes you can go a couple of weeks without food. You got seven days without water. And those people are on the brink of that. So just if you if you go for, you just put a put a window between us say eight to twenty one days without food and water. Eight to twenty one, depending on how you how tough you are, poor conditioning, mm-hmm. and, and and other factors, how hot it is, how much shade you have, how much strenuous activity you need to do, but 8 to 21 days. But I will tell you this, if you don't get water within that 8 days, with the last rent that you have, the person loses their mind, yes. and you will do anything for a drink of water. Water deprivation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, you turn you turn into you you turn very primal, very very primal. Mm-hmm. Man, so we, a, we are we are in, we are in the throes of climate change. The debate is over. It, the conversation is over. Exactly, we brother. We are in it. Yes, we are in it. Exactly, it is over. And the fact is that not enough attention and not enough resources and money to change this dynamic. And, and it, it'll almost come to a point where uh, it's irreversible. This is what we're going to have to deal with for the rest of humanity. That's crazy. It, it, it's irreversible now because the the, the companies that do the companies that do that uh, emit fossil fuels 
are not going to stop. I mean, everybody wants to do something. Definitely. Everybody says, okay, we want to get rid of plastic bags. We want to get rid of soda straws because we want to save the planet. A soda straw is not going to do a thing (laughs) for what we've got right now. Getting rid of a plastic bag is not going to do a single thing to help us right now. Those little measures, those little feel-good measures are over. Mm-hmm. The only way you're going to stop this thing right now is is everybody in everybody in the entire world needs to get a hundred trees every year. Everybody needs everybody needs to go plant there. One hundred trees a year, twice a year, twice a year, globally. Mm-hmm. We need to stop. We just completely stop burning fossil fuel. Just completely stop and emitting carbon into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But that's never going to happen. It's going to have to be like one day we're just going to wake up and say, that's it. We can't drive another car. We can't do, we can't burn another coal fire plant. And we're not, we're not going to do that. And even if you look at the, in the Ukraine today, where the Russians are fighting the Ukrainians, mm-hmm. uh, well, the oil and the, oil, the gas has stopped going to Europe. So these massive coal fire, coal fired power plants that exist in Europe today, those power plants are now coming back online. You must remember this. When you turn a coal-fired power plant on and you burn those hundreds of tons of coal, mm, that, car- that carbon mm, yes. is in the atmosphere yes. and it's not coming out. Wow. It's there. It does, you, you can't turn it on today and turn it off and not have an effect. Yeah. And they're all turning them on because they don't have natural gas and their people can't freeze to death in the wintertime and they need power to run their industry. How, you know, I'm just saying how short-sighted humanity has been globally. And, 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 and I blame this on the West because the West is the initiators of the industrialization movement. I blame this on them and the greed of many of the people who had businesses that relied on, you know, uh, oil and gas and coal, you know, in 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 yes, but we're but we're also complicit. Mm-hmm. We're also very complicit. Okay, uh, we we sat and we listened and we bought and and we knew the the ramifications of our actions mm-hmm. and people. People were not engaged the same way people were not engaged in the political process in the United States. But the political process not being engaged in that, it, you're, you could live in your neighborhood and everything would be fine. But us not being engaged in the um, in the stewardship of our planet is now killing us. So, like, say if you lived in Kentucky and you drove your, you drove a big pickup truck and you demonstrated against climate change by having that big exhaust pipe on there mm-hmm. and it's called rolling coal. And so you decided to spit that exhaust out because that's how you wanted to demonstrate and protest. Now you can look that up too. The pickup truck is called rolling coal. Mm. They blow out black smoke on people who ride bicycles and who and who have uh, electric vehicles. How sinister! How evil! <laughs> Man. Well, that's just to show that they 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 do not believe in climate change. change, right? But a lot of those people who did these types of things, they are some of them. Some of them are in living in places and being hit hardest. Right. The people, the people up there in Kentucky right now. I don't know how many. They, they said there were thirty-seven people dead. 
And right now they said yeah. there's hundreds of people missing. Right. Because that, of those floods. That deluge that came down through that yeah. valley, that's how that's how it's raining all over the world. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't it doesn't trickle rain. I, I've seen some trickle rain here in the Chicago area, and I've seen some trickle rains in one, traveling around the United States. Mm-hmm. But now when you hear about a rainfall. Torrential. It's the, the sky explodes, people <laughs> yes. die. Yes. The sky explodes, people die. Yes. You don't hear about a brush fire. You hear about a forest fire that takes out a whole a whole forest or mm-hmm. a whole town. The, the extremes are so great that's it. right now. And see, and, but, and that, that's what I was explaining to this cat about climate change. It's not about, well, it, it can't be climate change or it can't be global warming because it's real, real cold. So no, it is extremes. Extreme cold weather for a longer period of time. Extreme hot weather for a longer period of time. You know, extreme drought and so forth. That's what we're experiencing. You just, you need to look around the world. Italy right now has rivers that don't flow anymore. The Alps, they have rivers um, there was a there was a there was a glacier that I used to go visit when I lived in Germany. It was called the Zugspitze. The Zugspitze. It was a glacier. It had been there for thousands of years. I actually used to ski on this thing. It's a, it was south of Munich, Germany. That glacier is gone, and I, I I remember that glacier in my lifetime. They had a research station up there. They used to study it. And you go up there now in the in the summertime where it used to be a nice glacier that you could walk on. That glacier's gone. It's a it's a it's a rocky field with flowers growing in it. But that glacier fed a river, and that river doesn't run anymore. And so right now we have glaciers throughout Europe that are exploding. They pop. They just they it just killed a bunch of people a few a few weeks ago, a month ago. A glacier just they were up there walking on it, and the whole thing the glacier just collapsed. It collapsed. No one saw it coming because it was so hot. This, this thousand, this thousands, tens of hundreds of thousands of year old glacier just collapsed. But usually and those so glaciers, glaci- but usually those, those glaciers are 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, f- uh, 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 feet, hundreds, hundreds of feet, hundreds of feet thick. Those glaciers feed, those glaciers feed the rivers of the world. If you look at the, the, all the majors of the, the major rivers of the world, the Yangtze, the Yalu, the Mekong, the Ganges, Ganges River, all these yeah. rivers, all these rivers are fed by glacial water from high up in the mountains. Yes. Well, right now, if you look around the world, you do some digging and, and, and find out people, countries are actually damming the valleys where the glaciers used to flow. <clears throat> they're damming them and they're saving that water because that water's running out. But when that water went downhill, it fed it fed mm. tens of thousands of, mm-hmm. if not millions of people. I think they just dammed up the Nile River, so the Nile River is not going to flow into Egypt. So we we can we can have all we can we could we could talk forever about the problem. We could, we know them, we see them, and so basically we're 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 talking to the, we're talking to the choir. Mm-hmm. So what we do is you you will have a specialty where you have an answer. You have a solution. We need to we need to have solutions now. And so I've spent a significant portion of my life working on a solution to the problem. And my one solution that I have is people will say we're gonna run out of water. And I've always said, you're not going to run out of water because you forgot what they taught you in school. 
forget a lot of things that they've taught us. We have water that exists on the earth, and it only exists in three states. Solid. It exists yeah. as a liquid, it exists as a solid, and it exists as a gas. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. only way that you can find water on any planet. When we go to look on Mars, mm-hmm. we're looking for yeah. ice. Right. We're looking for ice. We're drilling in the planet to look for the ice. We're looking at planets to look for the liquid. Mm-hmm. We're looking at planets with spectrum with 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 the spectrum telescopes that when they shine through the planet, they can see the H2O molecule. That's what they're looking for. So what they're looking for is the solid, and then gas, and then a liquid. Mm-hmm. Even out in the universe, that's how we search for it at NASA. So here on the Earth, that's how we have it. No, It doesn't come any other way. Mm-hmm. No other way. And so taking that water in the gaseous state, the, the, the Lake Mead evaporated, correct? Yes. Lake Mead. They, they, well, they drank it. They yeah. drank it. They watered it on their yards. It, it went up yeah. into the clouds, and it, and it traveled all, all the way to the other side of the all the way to the other side of the world. And so all of that moisture that evaporates from the ocean, evaporates from the lakes and streams that you pull out of the aquifer, that moisture is going into the air. And then when people, places like Kentucky, they got that flooding, when they get it, what they're getting is there's so much of it in the, in the, in the atmosphere, they're getting it back in, in, in torrents. So the technology that I manufacture allows us to pull out large quantities of water and to re-outfit our towns, to outfit your house with a water generator. It allows us to produce water to grow food, produce water so that you can drink, produce water so that you can have uh, an industry that requires water. And there's more than enough water in the atmosphere for us to do that with. It doesn't do anything to the atmosphere it's not going to it's not going to dry the planet out because the planet you can there's no way you can you can dry up the Atlantic Ocean, exactly. the Pacific Ocean, exactly. the Indian Ocean, <laughs> the South China Sea. Yeah. If somebody says that they you know, I've I've heard that they've they've said, Well, you're gonna change the ecology of the planet. You're gonna change the planet. We're taking too much water. There's a lot of choice things I would like to say to people that say that. <laughs> but but you know, I have, you know, I have to play. I'm an ex, I'm a military guy, but I still have to play nice. Yes, that's right, brother. <laughs> There's a lot Are of you, things hey, I want to say. Hey, brother Moses, you I go can't. ahead, and, I, brother Moses, go ahead and slam them. <laughs> I can't. I because that, that's because not you. The next thing I know, the next thing I know is somebody will be saying that I'm not politically correct, or <laughs> you know, but then I have to go even less politically correct. Yeah, man. I tell you, uh, and let me let me play this because I want the listeners to. This is how I came uh, to understand what was happening. I mean, like I said, I've always felt that um, that the planet could do. It's just like uh, I, sometimes I watch those documentaries, like what if no no human beings were on the planet, you know, and, and because and then nature would really take over, would you know what? The, the greenery and so forth and cleanse itself it would it would be new itself if human beings were not on the planet you know oh yes yeah oh the planet's going the planet 
it went, through this whole process, mm-hmm. oh, the the planet is fine right now. Oh, the five five thousand years from now, yeah. the Earth is still going to be here. It's going to be fine. Right. It's just going to be minus its human beings. Right. Minus those destroyers, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The planet's the the mm-hmm. the, the planet's going to be perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm a, this brother sent me this um, on WhatsApp, and, and this is how I came uh, to find out about uh, Moses West, brothers and sisters. And, and I hope you join this conversation by dialing 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. A lot of people just want to really listen. I just got a number of texts, interesting guests, and I'm glad you're on. And like I said, this is something that I've been, you know, um, looking at it, and, and then I found that number. And called you, and you responded, brother. I thank you so much. I, uh, how much more time do you, do, do we have? Oh, um, we're good. Okay, we're good. we're good. All right, thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Check this out. This is what I heard. I'm gonna, it's not long, about eight minutes. Clean drinking water, a natural resource we often take for granted near the Great Lakes. But Moses West knows a water crisis is quietly growing. Everybody knows we're running out of water. A problem the retired ranger spent the past four years working to eliminate. All the water that we need exists right here in the air. He believed so strongly in that idea. In 2015, West invented an atmospheric water generator, or AWG, a machine that takes in air and turns it into drinking water. We're at the place now, I think, making 50, 100, 200, 250,000, a million gallons of water at an incredibly low energy consumption. I think cheaper than groundwater by far. Uh, cheaper than desalination. So far, 12 of these AWGs exist. West planted them in three areas, including the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, and Flint, Michigan. I need to engage with the people here, and I need to show them what I what this machine does, and they need to understand that it is their machine, and I am here for them. West says his AWGs are federally approved, and the water quality is also tested by the Colorado Water Authority. It's clean. It's it's good enough to drink. No bacteria or anything in it. And the reason that we go through the filtration process. So as soon as you turn it on, it it starts making water. You may be wondering how these atmospheric generators are tied to Wisconsin. Most of West AWGs were manufactured right here in Manitowoc. And the people of Manitowoc should be proud. Just one unit provides a city with hundreds of gallons of clean water. The best part, it doesn't cost residents a penny. West works with organizations like the Water Rescue Foundation to cover the cost. So far, the response in the community has exceeded his expectations. And they were very happy that somebody actually cared enough for them to come to jump over the bureaucracy, come to a private piece of land and do this thing. Right now, his priority is planting these AWGs in Flint, helping our neighbors here in the Midwest. In Manitowoc, Michelle London, Spectrum News. This man has been at it for a while. I went back and did my research and... um, I think he's been at it since like 2018, 2019. This is nothing new, but it's, a, it's new to a lot of people. I just discovered it, so obviously it's, it's fairly new to me. But um, this is good, man. You know, out of all the things that you could promote in the world, especially when you black out here, um, we got somebody out here that's really 
feeding into the ecosystem and making a big old difference, man. Um, bro, you gotta protect this man at all costs. Cause he definitely does have haters. And anytime when you are out here, um, giving away something for free that God has made, oh man, your haters gonna, them haters coming out, bro. Them folks are coming out. Anything they got to do with lights and water, oh man, you better, you better, you better hide. He has had some haters in Flint, Michigan, and we all know that that whole thing that's going down in Flint, we all know that's a bunch of BS. We know that, right? There's no reason why them folks should have that dirty water out there for, for that long. Feel me? And when he did put it out there, somebody actually vandalized one of his little uh, inventions. And they went inside. He said they weren't even rookies. He said these were people that knew exactly what they were doing. So he had to figure out another way to um, um, prevent the crime from happening. So, hey, man, y'all got to protect this man at all costs. The crazy part about it is, too, he doesn't want any money from it. I don't know if he's collecting some type of chips, but, had the, you know, this man can really sell this invention, man. He can sell this and make buku bucks, buku bucks. But he chose to put his heart in the right place, and everything ain't about that bread. I know we live in a world where everybody's like, look, man, money is everything, yeah, but not at the expense of, uh, of, of making a difference in the world when you can help everybody, especially people that really need the help. You know what I mean? Because if he sells this invention, all they're going to do is put a price on it. They're going to put a price on the water. And he's giving out this water for free, found a loophole, you know what I'm saying, to help our folks out here. And uh, you, you, you can't you can't ask for anything better, you feel me? So God bless this man. God bless this man. God got a lot of blessings waiting for this man if he ain't already got it. So y'all got to protect people like this at all costs. Like I said, folks, if y'all got inventions out here and y'all know y'all done came up with something that's highly original, you need to be careful. Don't be running your mouth. Stay low key, and make sure you hire you some armed forces or something, some type of security. Ninjas in the cut, in the trees, something. You gonna need it. Oh, you gonna need it. Because sad to say, anytime when people like this, especially brothers and sisters, when they create something out the blue, if they don't sell it, they try to find a way to make them disappear. That's just how I go. You feel me? So, uh, kudos to this man, city boys, city boys and country boys up by 200 on this one and i'm gonna say city girls and country girls too man because we all win from this we all win from this man all of us man so shout out to this dude man what are y'all thoughts about this yeah shout out to this brother right here brother moses west thank you so much my brother and he's right we got to look at because uh there, I know there's some haters. In fact, uh, what happened in Flint? Well, well, they, what the story about Flint, to tell you the truth, is that once they, once they, once they tried to destroy the machine, it was very sophisticated how they did it. It was they did it in a way that you'd really have to know HVAC and in the environment that we're in, not in a shop. We. Um, it was men from Flint. It was uh, Otis Cheatham and Randy Welches and myself and um, another organization called Open World Relief. 
we repaired that machine in Flint and got back to work. Okay. And uh, we repaired it in that field. The compressor on that machine weighed 500 pounds. Mm. That was the compressor. Okay. Wow. Like the compressor in your home air, the home in your in your refrigerator probably weighs 15 pounds. The one in your air conditioner probably might might weigh 20. Mm-hmm. The compressor in that machine that was making wow. 5,000 liters of water every day, 1,200 mm-hmm. to, to 2,000 gallons of water a day. That that that's a that thing is like a motor like a motor in your car. And so we we um, it's a very sensitive job, and we replaced it, and we got back to work. Right so the real story in Flint is that the the, the men of that neighborhood, the, the the auto workers, those union workers, those technicians that kept the that kept the kept the GM factories open, mm-hmm. who no longer have those GM jobs, Job, yeah. those technicians pulled together and they helped me to repair that machine and that beautiful. Field. Yeah, I've been to Flint many many times as a firefighter. I'm involved in the Black Firefighter Organization, and Flint was one of the you know Midwest uh, cities that we would uh, have our hold our meetings in. And I seen Flint looking great back in the '80s, till it, I mean, like wow, devastated, you know. I saw, uh, yeah, I saw people in. I saw uh, there were mothers that came to get water in Flint. And there, you know how you stand in the shower and you put your head in the shower. Yeah, yeah. They thought they, their kids could do that, and their kids' hair fell out. Wow. They're they're they uh they had sores in their heads, so I was giving mothers water. Yeah. And uh, they would they would they would stand out right by the machine, and and the and, and the his brother was talking about how like I needed security. Mm-hmm. Once the neighborhood realize what was going on in that field mm-hmm. you couldn't get you couldn't get near that machine that's right because they knew that was you a lifeline that's a lifeline you got it they got to protect the, it mm-hmm. the people who people who live out there everybody good and bad realized where the water was coming from mm-hmm. you could you you wouldn't want to come near that machine at night mm-hmm. if you weren't from that neighborhood that was one of the worst things you could do yeah so we had the, the neighborhood protected the machine. And that's another story that people don't know. They ran security on the machine. So so if I'm in a community like Flint, and I'm not I don't believe Flint, maybe I had what, hundred thousand people, hundred and fifty thousand people. I don't know the exact population, but it it wasn't much compared to what yeah, it used to be. What it used to be. No doubt about that. No doubt. And so how many machines would I need to, to, to provide drinking water? for a community of 100,000 people. Oh, those big machines? Mm-hmm. Just the drinking water? Yeah. Five? If you had five of those machines in Flint, you, you, you wouldn't have a drinking water problem. Okay, okay. Because the other thing, aside from drinking water, I mean, deeply contaminated water that was happening in Flint, because when, when they turned on the tap, the water was brown. You know, the water was, you know, visibly contaminated and so you can't shower in that you can't brush your teeth in that you can't do a lot of things you know you you couldn't um a lady came up uh, a woman came up one day and she needed um uh, she she came up and she said moses can i could i have 500 gallons of water Hmm. and i said yes ma'am you you can have 500 gallons of water but uh 
you, how can you carry it? She goes, well, I'll come every day if you can give me, say, 50 gallons every day of water. Mm. And I was like, okay, we, we can do that. So the, the gallon jugs, she would bring her own gallon jugs back up and we'd fill up her jugs. And then uh, one day she brought a big, a, a big tote tub that held, you know, 50 gallons mm. with a spigot on it. Mm-hmm. And after, after a few days, she had 500 gallons or more. And that didn't even put a dent in our operation because you, as soon as you take a hundred gallons out, the machine parts right. and the machine makes the exactly. hundred gallons right back mm-hmm. because you're just you're just condensing it right out of the air. Mm-hmm. And then we had you know a thousand gallons of storage on on the spot all the time. You take you take five hundred gallons of that in a few hours, that five hundred gallons is back because it's always just pulling it right out of that yeah. humid air. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came back a few days later. And she said, and she profusely thanked us. And uh, she said she was homeless until we gave her that that water because her, ha- her house was too contaminated and dirty from the from the uh, Flint water to move into her house. And we gave her enough clean water so that she could move back her in her house and not be homeless anymore. That's beautiful, brother. Right on. Let me see. I gotta... So we not only did we give water to the help the mothers take care of their children, water for people to drink. And I like it that it got to the point where people just would, would have their pajamas on and walk up to the machine <laughs> and, and get a gallon of water themselves and walk home with their pajamas on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they could start their day, man. They could wash their yeah, face, so brush yeah, their teeth, so have something to drink, make coffee, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they tell you too, yeah, I just woke up. I just need a gallon and make you just go on and get it. And we'd yeah. sit there in lawn chairs and people come up. Mm-hmm. People came up with wagons and it was a, it was a beautiful yeah. thing. Well, I remember uh, there was an effort by us, us meaning the Black Firefighters Association, because in fact, our, our president, she's a firefighter. She's a, a assistant chief in the city of Flint, Michigan. She's our president of the International Association of Black Professional Firefighters. We had a um, uh, trucks loading up trucks around the Midwest to deliver bottled water to uh, Flint, Michigan. You know, and and I don't know, my brother. I I I just that whole situation just irked me within the uh, uh, government, the city government of Flint, the state government of Michigan. And the federal government, particularly Barack Obama was president at the time, why they couldn't get the Army Corps of Engineers and other private ins- or, or public ins- to come in there and, 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 and dig that stuff up, replace those pipes and so forth and provide clean water. I mean, one thing about the Midwest, and as you know, the Midwest has has those lakes. Those are freshwater lakes. So there's going to be water, you know, there aside from what you Aside from what your machine does, which is taking water out of the air to mush out of the air, you know, and, and, and making water, there's water there. Why they could not have done that? You know, why they couldn't have replaced those pipes and so forth? Why they couldn't have done it? Well, it was uh, this, the when I was there, the, um, the the city wasn't doing wasn't doing very, very much. Mm-hmm. They, I think they were trying. But uh, I think they were a bit overwhelmed, and I was very new uh, uh, to the city and, and what I was doing. But uh, there was a 
there was uh, not much uh, not much contact between me and them. There were other people out there who had a more corporate backing, and I'm I was a I'm more I, I operate I guess I operate in my in my life the same way as I did as a ranger. I'm I'm out there with a team of people when I do my job, mm-hmm. and I just pretty much stay in the shadows sometimes. So it wasn't there. I wasn't there to to get lots of publicity on what I was doing. I was just there to really truly help. I said I don't want to talk to anybody in the press for ten days at least because everybody just comes in. They just come in to beat their. You come in, you beat your chest, you mm-hmm. show what I'm right. doing and how how great I am, how yeah. philanthropic I am, and that's what everybody does. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to hear that. No one wants to hear no. that crap anymore. No, especially we need people like we need people like the old school church where you should come in you, you came in and you came in to do some good right. you didn't come in there just to get some notoriety mm-hmm. and, and and get some you know stroke each other's backs you came in there to do some good mm-hmm. and we don't do that anymore right but that's that's how i like to operate so we just came in there and said, i don't want to talk to anybody for 10 days mm-hmm. i just want to get to work and the only reason the press came out is because people knew what we were doing and we uh, the machine was just, it was vandalized, sabotaged, and then that's that's how I first got first got the press. Mm-hmm. But the press never they never concentrated on the positive what we did were doing. They concentrated on the negative. But once we repaired the machine, that's what they should have concentrated on, and we got back to work. Wow, we got some callers uh, once again. Uh, 215-490-9832 215-490-9832 uh, Brother Paul, is that you? Oh, thank you, Brother Good after- good morning to you, sir good after- good This morning is to you, uh, Brother Moses This is Brother Paul from the UK Calling from the UK oh, Go ahead, Brother Paul um, yeah. Hello Hello, sir, hello um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I didn't catch all what you said, but I think I've got the drift uh, of what you're saying. You know, um, I've seen some information. I've done some research around uh, this uh, commodity called water. And uh, for what I, my understanding is that uh, certain groups, like one of them, uh, Nestle, I know it's familiar with this company called Nestle, uh, they're, they are petitioning governments to overturn um, water as a natural right to human beings. Um, as I understand it, under international law, uh, water is a, human, is, is a human necessity, therefore it's protected. It's part of human rights. But they're trying to overturn that, and other com- corporate companies are trying to do that um, for the sure reason that, uh, that they can control it. So for me, when I look into it, the, the, the corporations are out there trying to control that resource. Um, And this is, I feel, the reason why you see these problems. I understand in Flint, Michigan, when those problems they suffered down there, one of the companies running was a French company. Um, And and when the the information came out, how they operate them, they left America, and they now operate in Nigeria. And there's no news about it. But... The point I'm trying to make is that, uh, you, you know, the point you, the part you played, Babochi, I, I am familiar with that because I've, I've heard it, and, I, and it's not like the, that the gentleman said, it's not new. Um, but the thing is, 
you know, what I, what I, for me, it always come back to the same thing. I think we as black people are being diverted and our attention being misfocused constantly. And the reason why I say that, for instance, in, in Jamaica, where my parents emanate from, there's a, there's a man called um, Harlow Maine, H-A-R-L-O-M-A-Y-N-E. And for years now, he, he invented a machine. It's called the H2 Flex. You can go online and you can see it. He sells it online. And it runs your car on water. Um, and he's had that for a good few years. He's, he's won many awards for inventions he's, he's created. But yet, if you ask the average Jamaican of his name, nobody knows. Nobody even knows him. And he's not the only one. There's many around the world who have created inventions. We know about the African in Africa who's invented a TV that it, doesn't, it runs on its own energy. It doesn't need uh, external energy. Uh, cars which have been invented run on solar power. We're out there. We're doing it. But the reality of it is, are we paying attention to it? And my answer is no. Because most of the times, our mentality is that we think the white man's ice is colder. But we're looking the other way all the time. I don't know if you still got me. Go ahead, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I know this is harsh, but often when I when I hear these debates, I often feel that you know because the reality is we have immense talent among us in men, but too often we spend time. Even sometimes when I listen to the media and the, the, some of these radio stations, we spend so much time wasting talking about things which are absolutely irrelevant. So irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And it's so frustrating. So irrelevant. It's unbelievable that, you know, if we spent more time, you know, let me just say this. My idea is that we, as the black people who wear this uniform, uh, this, this uniform of melanin, we are the original creators. That's in our DNA. So how many of us are creating? No, we're, 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 we're focused elsewhere. We're focused on all the dramas and everything they throw in the media. We focus and run after it. Every news year we're running after it. It's just so crazy. And in actual fact, we have the ability, yeah, to, div to, to, to devise these things. You know, we've been here long enough. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I thank you for bringing this to our attention. And uh, obviously water is an important sustenance and we need it. But I just remind the people, it, it, the compound is two hydrogen and one oxygen. And, yes. you know, you, 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 you're an actual fact. It's gone past cars running the water because I saw a gentleman, and he's in America, white gentleman, who, who with, with his money run, uh, set up a company. He's running his whole house, his car, and absolutely everything on hydrogen. Hydrogen, you know, can come, is distracted from water. You just split it. It's called... Um, water tapping or water splitting, electrolysis, where you run the current into the water and what comes off of it is hydrogen. And mm -hmm. you pump that hydrogen without a conversion, that's that again. You do not need a conversion, you put the hydrogen straight into the tank. And, and the byproduct is water, as the man said. It's not carbon, it's water. So ask me a question, why are these countries fighting over oil? Because we're being conned. We're being conned in this thing called economics. We're being mm -hmm. conned. Okay, and, and part of that con is keeping us asleep, yeah, well, keeping us in these farms so we don't wake up. Well, the big oil-producing so, nations, of course, want to maintain that and continue to have that continue to go. The OPEC, 
the uh, United States, uh, Europe, China, all of them want to maintain that and, and keep it going, you know. But, absolutely, uh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Keep, keep us warring, fighting these wars, yeah. fighting against each other. And why they course, benefit? That that that's the name of their game. Yeah, keep they, us diverse, keep see, us fighting against each other, and they benefit. But I, I say again, there is a man called Harlow Flex, at Harlow Maine, and he's not the only one. He has the machine actually selling on the internet. Um, but the problem is, no one knows where he is, and no one can seem to get hold of yeah. him. But you know, that's one of them realities. Maybe they've bought him. Who knows? Well, we have but brother. He, well, we have brother Moses. West on the line with us, a brother who has done exactly what needs to be done in terms of humanity having drinking water. And, and, and what he has done can be duplicated globally. So the idea of water is not and should not ever be an issue. And the fact of what he has done, once again, is the genius of African people historically of inventing things, even under extreme discrimination and oppression and exclusion and so forth, still, as, as uh, uh, what's the name would say, uh, still we rise, you know, Maya Angelou, still we rise, because it is fantastic what you have done, Brother Moses, and I know, uh, you still got some time, Brother? Yeah, I Great. gotta add, I don't, want, I don't want people to get mad about this, but, you know, when I started when I started doing this, I I uh, I started working. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a retired military officer, and so I knew that I could get. Uh, I knew how we use water in the military. Okay. And I knew what I had to go through in the military to keep my troops supplied with water. We had a thing called a water buffalo, and once the water buffalo was empty, we had to get a, a deuce and a half truck carry that water buffalo to a water point fill it up and bring it back to us. And that's how we got water. And sometimes that water buffalo wouldn't come back. And uh, a lot of times, many times, especially as a ranger, we would have to, um, we'd have to use these iodine capsules and we would find which direction a river would flow. And we would have to drink from rivers to get our water wherever we were at. So we know how to, we, water was critical, Mm -hmm. especially when you're, when you're, when you're you know walking 30 40 50 miles in a day carrying all that gear you you go through a lot of water mm-hmm. so when i started developing the technology i uh i got with the uh with the texas military forces and we uh they approved the project to to go forward and to do this uh a pilot project to see if it was feasible so my main customer who purchases the machines from me right now is the United States military. I have these machines in operation in, um, in Guam, Okinawa, Hawaii with the Marines. And I have them in operation with the United States Army in mainland, in the, in the lower 48 mm-hmm. in the United States today. What about and any, I'm building, and I'm building machines for them right now. What about but any other machines? What about any other country? Hmm? What about any other countries? No, uh, okay. there's there's other companies out there that make these machines. Okay. I've innovated the machines, so my machine my machine's significantly different than what other people do. But right now, I say that if, if any machine out there that's that is worthwhile and can produce water and produce it at a, uh, at a good uh, energy consumption level, I think the people need to start looking at getting this technology, getting their hands on it. I would love to make everybody's machine, 
And but if you you people are going to have to go to this technology. So be it me or be it with somebody else, but you're going to have to go with this technology. What you have done is patent, right? You there's some things about yes. your machine that are unique, that are different from the other machines that are out there. Like I have a, a, a water machine to to ion, uh, alkaline my I drink alkaline water to alkaline the water that comes out of my faucet. You know, mm-hmm. there's a number of those kinds of machines, you know, that do that. And and I guess what you're saying to me, there's a number of machines that do what your machine does, but obviously it has to be something different that that your machine does that's, that those other machines don't do. Right. My machine, what I can do with my machine is I can I can build a machine as big as, big as the Superdome, the New Orleans Superdome. I can build a machine that big to make water cheaper than you can pump it out of the ground. I have no limit to the size of the machine I can make. I can make a machine big enough to supply a town with water. That's what I do. Wow. But also, too, do you have machines that a a family could have in their home that would do pretty much the same thing? The current machine I build right now, uh, I'm building something right now. It's called the AWG 800. That machine fits in the bed of a pickup truck that weighs under 2,000 pounds. You sit that machine in the back of your house. And the reason I don't go with the small machines, mm-hmm. these little bubble machines that you put in your house, because what happens when your neighbor doesn't have water? What happens is like what happened in Kentucky and nobody up there has got right. water. What happens like in California when there's a forest fire and you got a hundred people that don't have water? Yeah. Your little bubbler machine in the house is going to help your family. But what about but the other people? it's not going to help anybody else. Exactly. So I build machines. I build machines that if your house has one, five houses down, they have one. Five more houses down, they have one. Five more houses down, they have one. Your whole community has water. Right on. Beautiful. Yeah. Because this is, this is not this is not your own little personal supply of water. Mm-hmm. Because you got to remember, we talked about the we talked about the eight days without water, right? Right. What happens in the eight days? Everybody right, go, loses their mind and they go out. They go out killing people to get water. Right, and right? if you and if you have your own little personal, they they gonna come get your ass. <laughs> exactly, but going against the paradigm of society today, if I'm gonna stick with my machine, I'm gonna stick with my community machine that you can purchase for your house and supply give water to your neighbors. Because if you can't give water to your neighbors, they're gonna take your water. Mm-hmm. So if everybody in the neighborhood has got these machines and they're all running on solar power, your neighborhood's good. You got water, you can grow food. You got food, you got shelter, you're safe. Mm-hmm. They can shut the grid down on you. You still have water. You can't shut your machine down. Because it runs off solar. You can run off solar, run off a generator. You can mm-hmm. put a generator on a bicycle and pedal it and run this machine. Yeah. So it's not. It's so you're, you 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 have a you you now have a box that fits in the bed of your pickup truck that you can sit in your neighborhood and you and all your neighbors can power that machine and all of you all have water. You don't need to truck it in. You don't need to fly it in with a helicopter. You don't need to go get bottled water. Mm-hmm. You don't need to start digging a well. You can you can sit there and you can make water. And that's what that's what I built. I build something that we can all survive on. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my thought philosophy behind it. Right on. Right on, Brother Moses. That's right. Brother with a biblical name doing some biblical work. <laughs> Providing water for the humanity. 
Because like I said, you know, as I was looking at this, and I've thought about this for quite some time, since, particularly since uh, coming to understand the uh, climate change that was happening way back um, back in the 80s, and quite sure even be even before then, and then talking, listening, and, and reading about the climate scientists and who were trying to make the world aware, the public aware of the of, of the calamities that can befall us if they don't listen and change behaviors and change the way things are done. You know, you mentioned the ice caps. You mentioned, you know, glaciers that are collapsing. You know, and 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 yet, many, still, many people want to be climate deniers. You know. Because maybe they got big investments in uh, coal, big investments in shale and, and, and gasoline and, and oil, you know, which of course has, you know, now we really realize have devastated the planet, you know, and I and some believe that it is irreversible, and like you just said earlier in the program, you feel we're at that we're at that point right now where, it, you know, it may not ch- change particularly in our lifetime. You know, I'm 70 years old, so, you know, I I have way more years behind me than I have ahead of me. And so I don't see anything on the horizon except for what you have done. I, I'm not aware of the, of the other uh, individuals and other things, but I become aware of what you have done is just, to me, what you have done is fantastic. And just what you said a moment ago, it ain't like I got a machine in my house. I got water, you know, because you, know, you know how America is. America is about individualism, materialism greed and violence but what you have done is says if i got water you got water this neighborhood's got water and because there's water all around us water molecules all around us so there's no shortage of water it, ha- it has to uh, develop a machine that takes in that oh let me ask this question you know uh arizona doesn't have a lot of moisture in the air it's pretty dry would your machine not a problem not a problem. Okay. Okay. There, there's, there are several different technologies to use that are based around the atmospheric water generator. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll rattle those off real quick because there's another point I wanted to make on the last thing that you said. I okay. want to go back to it. Okay. But um, on, on a low humidity, a low humidity environment, what you can do is there's, there's, three, there's three ways to get water. There's something we call a sorbent material. It's like a desiccant, a sorbent. It's called sorbent. And a sorbent material, you sit it out and it just soaks up water even at 2 to 3% humidity. And then it'll fill up with water and then you have to remove that water from that material and it's pure water. So it's a sorbent material. You need a lot of it, but it'll produce water. What type of material other, would that be? What type of material would that be? I don't, I don't know what the sorbent, uh, what the uh, patented material is that's in the sorbent material. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's patented material, and right now there's a big push for sorbents in the United States. Okay. So sorbent material. The other way is to to go go get a surface area super cold. So if you have a pipe that's so cold, just take it down to about minus a hundred degrees Fahrenheit, negative one hundred, anything under anything under seventy. Take it down there, and you can form ice on it, mm-hmm. even at Two percent humidity. You come back and you'll have a big pipe of ice. Then what do you do? You melt that ice. There it is. And then you just they, you just go through these cycles of melt, freeze, melt, freeze, melt, freeze, melt, freeze, mm-hmm. melt. You do that over an area of a hundred square miles. You got a hundred square miles or something doing that. You've got you've got 
hundreds of thousands of gallons of water yeah. in the desert. Yeah. And then when the humidity is above uh, above 45, uh, the temperature is above 5 degrees Celsius, and the humidity is above 45, 50% humidity, and then you can use an atmospheric water generator. So you use a combination of machines, a combination of machines to produce water. But you were making a, you were making a point earlier about uh, how we operate as humans here in the United States. Well, there's a there's this thing that happens when you're in when you're in war. It's like you could be as you could be as prejudiced as you want to be, but when you get down into a trench mm-hmm. and bullets are flying, yeah. you don't see anybody's color. Mm-hmm. You you don't see anybody's color because you head to a place where there's some fear going on, and everybody all of a sudden becomes super equal. So right now, this 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 paradigm shift that we're going to see, that's going to happen here, and it's it's happening now. It's a big paradigm shift from this self-centered, egotistical idea that we have as individuals that you don't need anybody, that you got yours, and everybody else has got to go get theirs. That does not work anymore when you have a hostile planet that is after you that is trying to shake you off. You have to pull together. This is not something that I can do on my own. This is not something the guy down the street can do. We all have to pull together to get this done. Every community, every city, every state, every country has got to pull together. If we do not, if we do not pull together and work as a team, we succeed as a team, we die alone. You succeed as a team. You fail alone. If you want to go and try to, if you want to go and try to go against the lions by yourself, you're going to fail. If you go against the lions as a team, you win. And so right now, the attack that we're under from the from the planet, this is a team effort. Everybody has got to come to the table because this thing is hostile. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I would hope that. Uh, let's see, we got some more callers. Mama Nabantu, good afternoon. Yes, greetings, um, brother. Um, I'm just overwhelmed with this information that Moses has put presented, and thank you for having me on the program, and thank you, um, brother Moses, for what you are doing. I have a several questions. Um, I remember a machine that came out about 25 years ago um, where you people were generating water from the air. Um, and the taste of it wasn't all that good, but it was good. It was water. And that's <laughs> one, one thing. And I don't know what the taste is. And um, that uh, second question is that um, how, let's see, I guess it's uh how much air do we own above our our land that we own or the property that we own? Um, and do you have do you have to come across that in terms of the the cost of the airspace or how far you can go up? Um, and then um, how long does it take to make a building machine? I guess maybe it depends on how big it is, but from the uh, medium size or the general size you you make, I'm just wondering how long it takes. 
Um, I want to know when did you in, uh, invent this machine? I want to know how long the patent lasts. And uh, there's a brother who has an invention that uh, a generator that all it needs is water and solar energy. I was wondering how that could be connected. Um, and um, and I missed you mentioned a number of countries that have your machine. I didn't I didn't hear that you had one in Africa. So I don't know if you got all of that, but I'm gonna stop right there. Well, let's see. I can try to go backwards and try to remember all the questions you just asked. A lot of people come. So many people have come to me. Hundreds of people have come to me. Hundreds saying they know somebody in Africa. They want to take a machine to Africa. They want to do this in Africa, and it never materializes. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, and nothing has gone to Africa. People have come to visit me. They've seen the machines operate. They've, they've taken them to military bases. They've seen the machines operate, and they still haven't done anything. What does it take? What does it take? It takes, it takes for me to give you a purchase order for a machine. I build you the machine. It takes me 90 days to build a machine. I give you the machine. You tell me where it wants to go, and I ship it to Africa. How much does it cost? Uh, $89,500 for a machine that'll supply 500 people with drinking water. Almost $100,000. $89,500. Yeah. Right. Almost $100,000. And I have, okay. a, I have a, I have a, I do, my for-profit side of my work is done through my company, AWG Contracting, LLC. And then the non-profit side of the house where I go to this branch and and Flint and Puerto Rico and take those big machines. I do all that on donations and I do that with donations. All that, all that work was done with donations. The public donated to do that. And that's through the Moses West foundation. You just go to there and you can donate. And that's how, like if I had enough donations today, I could go and take a machine into, into, uh, uh, Jackson, Mississippi. They got a water problem there. I could take another machine to Flint. I could take it. I could, uh, Give somebody a machine and, and uh, some machines. Hello. Where they've got water issues. Oh, I'm here. Okay. I give a machine. Uh, I always have lots of calls coming in, so I got to hit that button real quick. Okay. Uh, and so, so eighty-nine thousand for how big is machine for eighty-nine thousand? It's about two thousand pounds. That's big. And oh, that and, and it can produce five hundred gallons a day. That's uh, 500 gallons a day for 500 people, you said? It, it'll it'll do three to five a day, depending on the, the uh, weather conditions. But when you're work, when you want to, what people have to remember about the machine is like, say, when, at nighttime, when it's, the sun goes down and it's very humid at night, it's very humid at night. You're asleep, the machine is on, and so the machine is making hundreds of gallons every night. Right. Well, you're not using it. So you're going to need a five or 10,000 gallon water storage tank, even for a machine, even for this machine that comes in at 80, at uh, 89, five, you're going to need a big water tank because that thing's going to be working 365 days a year. That's a lot of water. So in addition to your machine, you have to have a water tank. Yeah, because the machine's constantly the machine is constantly making water. It doesn't store water. The picture picture the water tap on the side of your house. If you go outside okay. and you turn your water tap on, what's going to happen? Water comes out. Water yeah. comes out. Right. This machine is a water tap, but it's a water tap to the air. 
you turn the machine on and water comes out. And continuously comes. Continuously comes out. The machine is a water tap to the air. Okay. Can you, can, I, you, can you picture that now? Yeah, I got that. I got that. And I think about, you know, we go up to the mountains up near Jasper, Georgia, and water runs continuously off the mountain. We exactly. We fill up five gallons of water, get about two, 250 gallons, maybe once every two months, something like that. But with you know why air, that water's running off the mountain? Where is it coming from? Do you know, mm-hmm. you know where it's coming from? No. The, 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 mountain's, the mountain's a little bit cooler, right? And it's all rock. Yes. Right. It's all rock. And it's cooler. It's cooler up there. How many feet above sea level is it? Um, the the mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean, above sea level. About how mm-hmm. many feet above sea level? One thousand? Two thousand? I don't know. It's pretty high, right? Okay. So when that cool, when that warm, moist air comes up and hits that cooler mountain, because it's it's higher up in the air, the uh-huh. water actually condenses on the rock. So all that surface area up there is condensing water, and that water runs down in the form of a river or a stream or a brook. Continue. So when you have a when you have a mountain, yes, when you have a as a pilot, when I would uh, on a hot day, when I was sitting on the ground and it, and it would be a hundred degrees, and I'd sit in it and I'd sit in the cockpit and I would just say, you know, it's it's really hot, so I get a whole crew into the aircraft and I pull pitch and I go up to three thousand feet. 4,000, 5,000 feet, and the temperature would drop down to 30, 30 degrees. Mm, wow. I would just instantly pull up, go up there. It's 30 degrees. We'd sit up there for a few minutes. We'd cool down, and I'd drop it right back down to the ground and sit on the ground, and we'd all be cooled off. That's amazing. Right. It's, all, and it's just, it just You just go up to where the cool line is. And so that's what's happening on your mountains. So basically what this machine does, the machine sits there and at sea level, and what that cool rock does at altitude, this machine does inside of it. It's okay. doing that. Or what's okay. happening in the clouds at, at, up at high altitude, where it's yeah. cool and the moisture comes up there and hits the dust in the clouds and then it rains, this right. machine is, is doing that same process but on the ground. Okay. So I'm using machine to mimic nature. Okay, I got you. So how long is your patent? I'm the year. I don't like the patent. I don't, I've filed lots of patents, and it doesn't matter. People still steal your work. So what I do is I do something called trade secrets. Trade I mean, secrets. I mean, trade secrets. I have mm-hmm. trade secrets. They're and easier the for me to defend. Yeah, they're easier for me to defend in court. I could write oh. a trade secret on a napkin and go down and give it to my engineer, and I own it. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, that's all. And I, uh, now, I just send it to my attorney, and I just say, this is my trade secret, and this is how I do my machines, mm-hmm. and I can send them out to people. You don't, so you don't have to worry don't about don't work that well. But you do have a patent, though, right? Yeah, I have patents, but I, most of my patents I let float. Because you can go online and you can see the patents, the patents I've done. Okay, okay, I got you. Okay, but there's so, lots of work that I do that I don't tell anybody about. The uh, I'm working on a I'm working on a large system right now, 
and I keep it in my head. And yeah. I share I share it with my engineer. I don't right. write it down. I don't write right. emails about it, but I mm-hmm. know how to do it. And right. I verbalize it. I go to each person, I verbalize what they need to do. I mm-hmm. tell them what I I tell them how how many tons the system needs to be. I tell them how big a component needs to be. I tell them what mm-hmm. power it needs to be, and I don't need to write it down anymore. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Um, I like to get your contact information because I do have several contacts on the continent. And the second, the other thing is that um, because the electricity uh, and light over there is so difficult, um, I'm wondering how this machine could be also the water run into this other invention that I won't talk a lot about but can produce light um, throughout the continent. So I'd I, like just to did a, I just did oh, yeah. a show with um, – I did it with um, Dylan Walsh. There's, there's a show we just did. Dylan Walsh, uh, he, he's a – you can Google him. We just did a show last week, and I was on there with a brother who did um, – who has a hydrogen generator and him and I are going to meet and, uh, and you can, and you can look that show up. And, uh, it, it was a great conversation that we had around the technology, uh, the two technologies together and that, oh, wow. that, um, but, uh, you have solar power as well to operate this technology. Yes. So it, that, it has solar, solar with it as well. I mean, yes. Uh, we, we uh, and we've done this on, we've done this on solar power. In Puerto Rico, uh, you just got to look online. The system that ran in Puerto Rico, we ran on solar power. Hmm. Okay. It supplied right. 5,000 people with drinking water. Okay. Okay. So I, I'm just seeing two things. I'm seeing the water and also um, the availability of light coming through, you know, from water to um, electricity. So the reality is that even though as vast as the earth is, water should not be an issue or cannot be an issue because it's all around us. All we need is the mechanism to make water happen for us. Like you said, you have this machine. It'll produce water, but it'll produce water 24-7, 365. So you need to find some way to store the water as well. You know, Oh yeah, that's just a water tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the mil- with the military, they the standard military water buffalo. It's a four four hundred gallon uh, cylindrical tank that sits on two wheels mm-hmm. that fits on the back of a truck. Right. I, I made a fitting for it, and it, 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 the water just flows right into it. Right what about farming? Um, the need to have water flowing uh, in the crops on a farm. You can you can do anything with, with the technology. Okay. You can use a, a drip irrigation directly to the root. See, my main uh, my main industry is I I make the water, and there's other industries out there that know how to use the water. Like the farming okay. industry has drip irrigation. I don't. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I could talk mm-hmm. about it, but if but I talk nice. about every single thing that I know how to do with this water and every technology that I do know about, I I, I I could be talk. I'd be talking all day long. I got you. So the possibilities okay. are, you know, They're endless. Yeah, yeah. The possibilities of what you can do with pure water are endless. Yeah, I, I, I mainly concern myself 
with ensuring that I can make large quantities of it, extremely clean, very clean, and at a at an energy consumption level that is better than the commercial water that you have coming out of your tap. Well, I certainly appreciate this invention. Um, I make collard green ice cream, and I wanted to make it, but I need good water to make it. That's right. And collard green uh, ice cream, man. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I wanted to take it to the continent, but I was concerned about the water. So you have answered some questions for me uh, in terms of getting the kind of water I need to, to mass produce, you know, my ice cream. Yes, the, the machine, we, we uh, the, the LCRA, the Lower Colorado yep. River Authority in the state of Texas has done all of our water quality tests. The water okay. quality test exceeds all federal standards for water quality as set mm-hmm. forth by the uh, Environmental Protection Agency. Mm-hmm. And it exceeds all water quality standards set forth by the World Health Organization. Wow. We blew, we blew them out of the water. The That's water amazing. Literally, figuratively speaking, that is right? Amazing! <laughs> wow. Yeah, we have we have the water quality reports. I know we we have okay. them all. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. All right. Well, at some point, um, <laughs> uh, the price of these machines would eventually go down. I hope so. It, it has to. Economy of scale as the company grows, and you start to mass produce machines instead of building them five, How ten many? at a time. How many people does it take to make a machine? How many workers? Oh, I've, I've, I've built machines with me and one other guy. Two people? Wow. Two people, yeah. But that's, see, me that's and one a, other guy, we, we've built machines. It, I mean, three, people can, three people can put one machine together. But see, oh, that's, but see the thing, Mama you, you need electrician, you need right. a, uh, yeah, a refrigeration technician. A PLC programmer and, and and a laborer. That's it. That's it. Okay. Well, I, I need to talk to you offline. <laughs> but you got so many calls coming in. I don't know if I can get in. But anyway, um, you have email, all the information, brother uh, Oshi. Oh, I I I just have his number and 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 the contact from his website and so forth and. Uh, a lot I can share with you. I will. I will share with you uh, after the program is over, Mama Devontu. Okay. All right, Sante. You thank bet. you, and you. thank you, Brother Moses. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. All right, Mama mm-hmm. Devontu. Thank you. Yeah, I tell you, man. Uh, you, um, what you have done, um, and I, and like, like I said, there are other machines that are out there, but your mentality of dealing with it, man, is is. Uh, it's not like I've done this and boy, am I going to make a lot of money. <laughs> what you have done is says, hey, I got this and I'm willing to share this with the planet so we can have clean water or multiple uh, 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 volumes of water for living, for bathing, for, for growing crops, for you know doing things that would sustain us as human beings. And that's much more, you know, than what others have done and are willing to do because of the idea of greed. Just like you said earlier, that a paradigm shift is going to happen. I want to see it happen, particularly in this country, because in this country, what I mentioned before, America is about individualism 
materialism, greed, and violence. You know, but yes, but that 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 paradigm is not going to work. It, it would work when everything is and when when everything's functioning. It eventually collapses, of course. Mm-hmm. But when you when you have a hostile planet. You have people running out of water. You have a food shortage. You have weather that is attacking you. You have tornadoes that have been bigger than they've ever been. You have hurricanes coming that are more powerful than they've ever been in history before. You, you, you cannot, you cannot operate that way. I agree. And, and I would it, think it, it, it is, it is over. And, that, and that behavior is over. And anyone who's living with that archaic behavior today, it's it's not going to last. What you see today is a planet. What you see today, this very day, I guarantee you, if we have this when we have this conversation, three hundred and sixty five days from today, it, it's not going to be the same conversation next year. Well, I, I have your information, man. You're always welcome to come on this program and and, and talk about. What you are, what you have done, what Bob, you are doing. Bob, can I just, yes. Sorry, sorry, can I just apologize here? I didn't catch all the conversation, and I didn't realize that your guest was actually saying that he actually built the machine. I heard him talk about water. Yes. I think he was talking about water journaling. So let me apologize and, and, and say well done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've, been, building them. I've been building them now for, oh, 10 years. Wow, sorry, because I, I, I didn't get all the conversation. No, well done, well done, uh, well done, my brother. And uh, yeah, we did. This is what we need. Absolutely, absolutely, fantastic. This is the kind of conversation we need to be engaged in. Well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've, I've, I've built the machines. I've deployed with the machines. Uh, the water contamination areas like uh, Flint uh, after um, natural uh, natural disasters, like uh, uh, we deployed one to. A big machine that supplied 5,000 people drinking water after Hurricane Maria, with a uh, in um, in Puerto Rico, and uh, the United States military uses the machines that I manufacture for them today. Mm-hmm. I'm making yeah, I'm making you, machines you, for the Army right now. Have you got a website? Uh yes, AWG Contracting. L AWG Contracting, and then I have a foundation. I have a foundation where I uh, take donations to to support the effort to to teach people about the technology, to support uh, uh, taking the technology to people so that they can can use the technology, so they can actually see the technology. So by donating to the Moses West Foundation, that is a way that I have to to build machines that people will need. If I ever get enough donations to build a machine and donate to someone, well, right now those costs just cover me to t- be able to take a machine and help some people here and there. Whereas I would like to make enough donations to actually build enough machines to give to the people that need them. And see what's but the, the foundation needs to grow. And see what what's interesting about that is that here it is, you know, when we're talking about all these calamities, there should be serious donations coming into your foundation to build these machines to go to these certain areas of the world that have uh, uh, where hurricanes have hit where tornadoes have hit earthquakes have hit to provide clean drinking water because even just right now what's happening in in, 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 uh, in the Midwest with 
with uh with the flooding, their water sources is messed up. They're going to need clean St. Louis. water. St. Louis, yes. St. Uh, Louis. We got a call from uh, the Jackson, Mississippi. He's got a problem. Yeah. Newark, New Jersey's got a problem. They got some. They got some lead and some water in this town where I was talking to a city official, and they said that well, there's a small amount of lead in the water, but it's okay to drink it. <laughs> Let me tell you, there is no <laughs> safe level of lead that can be ingested. Thank you. There is no minimum safe limit. The only safe limit for lead in your water is no lead in your water. Mm-hmm. And they're telling people today that it's, it's not enough lead to hurt you so you can drink it. That is what people are telling the people in the public right now today. So the chemicals that are in your water today would not have been allowed in your water 50 years ago. Right. So a lot of cities right. in the United States are drinking water today that if you would test that water, if you would have tested that water 50 years ago, that city would have failed. They're, 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 they're raising, they're raising the levels that are allowed in the water. The levels of chemicals that are allowed in your water to be, to, to be ingested. They're raising the those levels. That's allowed sinister. Limits. That's crazy, isn't it? They're they're lowering they're, well they're lowering the standard. Mm-hmm. That's evil, man. They're so well. It's what can you do? It's a, it's an expensive problem to fix, but it's causing it's causing causing health problems throughout the society. Yeah, that's the point. It, it it is not if they direct the resources to fix it, but because they it's just like um, who's most important, the doctor or the garbage man. Who makes the most money, the garbage man or the doctor? The doctor makes much, much more money. He's much, much more important. But let there be mm. an overrunning of problems with the with the garbage man and see how it begins to affect the population and how sick they become. And now the doctor is overwhelmed. You see, it, there has to be some semblance of balance. That's why for, for those of us who are African-centered, we believe in ma'at. And Ma'at is a wing god in ancient Egypt or Kemet where these values of truth, justice, harmony, reciprocity, order, and balance. There's got to be some balance. So I'm saying what you're saying, Brother, Brother Moses, is that the resources should automatically, when there's a serious problem, they, the problem in Flint, Michigan, should have been fixed right away at the uh, city level, if not at the state level. If not at the federal level, all those levels failed. Barack Obama was president at the time. He could have said, hey, y'all, we need to get the Army Corps of Engineers in there and so forth. We need to put those, uh, dig them up, get those pipes out of there, those lead pipes out of there and put some, uh, um, you know, bigs, whatever. No, that didn't happen because all about money. Well, we make the mistake. You, 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 you have to look at the history of the United States. If you look at the history of the United States, we 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 would like to all think of this ideal this idealistic view that we have of how we should be treated, mm-hmm. but that is not the reality. And so these disenfranchised neighborhoods who have they still today build chemical plants next mm-hmm. to the next to the next to the African American or Hispanic community. Mm-hmm. These, this is this is the this is this is part of our history, and um, if you expect any type of different treatment, 
without knowing knowing the law or having some type of advocacy to to support your desire to be in, inclusive in this society, it will not happen. Mm-hmm. And so we're you're always hoping for the best result, but it's not always going to be that way. And, and you just have to look at the history of how we've done things in the past. So with technology, technology allows us, like this water technology and solar power, it allows us to function um, uh, in the society, but separately in the way that you can make the the things that that you require to live a better life, and not have to depend on 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 organizations that don't always have your best interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So with this water technology, if you have a neighborhood where you have contaminated water, and say it's in an area where this technology works very well, then like in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, if you've got contaminated water cut their water off and use this technology and have pure water and grow your own food. There you go. That's a revolutionary, that's a revolutionary yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. You can, you can become your own water company. You can become your own food supplier. And that's the same thing that we did a hundred years ago when we weren't allowed to shop at grocery stores. Mm-hmm. And see, we used to grow people in the South used to grow their own food. I, I know. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm not sure what, when I was a child back in the 50s and 60s, what we were paying the city, uh, whoever, for a water bill, just probably a couple of bucks per month or maybe $15 per quarter. Well, of course, today, you know, you're paying, depending upon your amount of, amount of usage for water, you're paying anywhere from a few hundred dollars to damn near a thousand. For water There's people use. in Arizona right now paying $200 a week because they've run out of water, and now the water has to come in by trucks. Yeah. So their land, their their land is actually worthless today. Yeah. Their house, their house, is, house, house doesn't have any value, and the land doesn't have any value because there's no water. Water's the 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 elixir of life. <laughs> well, you, every time, every every major city, every major city in the world has been built. Uh, either near water uh, by either the uh, a major river mm-hmm. they're built on major rivers the intersections of rivers yes they're built on, on rivers mm-hmm. they're built on the coast where the river comes in from in from inland going out mm-hmm. look at every major city in the world right because you got to have water exactly <laughs> you got to have water they're they're, they're they're built on a river right because rivers clean themselves you know if, 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 not anymore. <laughs> damn, damn Moses. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible line. Damn Moses. <laughs> but like, you know, you're right. Cause, but there's, they, they, the idea, the river would, I mean, you go take a, a bath in a river. Of course, you need to do that. You need to clean yourself. So you go take a bath in a river and you use whatever you use and wash your clothes. And okay, an hour later, I can come and drink. Okay. What's that river? What's that river outside of New York? What's that river that runs outside of New York? Hudson? The Hudson. Okay, mm-hmm. that's it, the Hudson. You Did you know that you cannot swim in the Hudson today? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you go, if, I guarantee, if you go to the Hudson River today and you get on the shore and you swim out to the middle of the Hudson River, a patrol boat is going to come out there and tell you to get out of the water. You know why? The water is so toxic it can kill you. 
Mm. The Potomac, the Potomac, the Potomac River in D.C. The Potomac in mm. D.C. Mm-hmm. The water is it, too contaminated to swim in. Wow. We, yeah. Uh, we it, all all throughout the coast, all throughout Florida, those lakes around Florida. Right. The people that live in Florida right now are complaining that the green and blue algae blooms. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that stuff? Yeah. People I have. are jumping. People yeah. are jumping in the water. And they're getting uh, flesh-eating bacteria. People are breathing the air that's coming off of the water and dying. Man, see, so, so see, this, this 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 water crisis that we have it is a it is a water crisis because the 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 human animal has contaminated mm-hmm. the its its environment so so drastically mm-hmm. that all, every, when it rains, all of that runs into the water. So the ground is contaminated. Yeah. The water is contaminated. Remember the, the atmosphere. water that we're ever going to find is in the air. Right. Well, even at that, you remember they talked about acid rain, that there's so much in the, uh, pollutants in the atmosphere that when it rained, it brought down those pollutants that were just rising onto the surface. Right. Yeah. But we did a, we did a lot to correct that, that in the United right. States by scrubbing and filtering the the and using less coal or more natural gas. Mm-hmm. So the acid rain was truly horrific in the in the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Right. And they did lots to mitigate it and correct it. And I've seen some forests that uh, were dying from acid rain. I've, I've seen them. You seen them? And, and a lot of them have started to recover. Mm-hmm. So these uh, the corrective actions that we have are possible. We just have to put them in place. But what's what's happening today is I I don't have any bets for what's going to happen next year. Today I I, uh, I function on my I uh, focus on my technology. I focus on sustainability. I focus on the foundation. I focus on new developments, mm-hmm. and I try to stay with blinders on. Because I cannot all continuously continue to look out into the world, and with so many things happening, that uh, you will become overwhelmed. You just need to focus on this. I'm focusing on a solution, and I'm trying not to focus on the problem anymore because I know it's there. I just need to to focus on the cure. Yeah, and that's what we need to do. Well, brother, I, you know our time is almost up. You stayed with me for two hours. I really appreciate you, man. <laughs> I really do. It was, it was good. It and, was and let me just say this: conversation. Yeah, let me just say this to you, um, because what I I I do on this program, I support a number of things, um, you know, where I announce them and promote them, and and even some things that I donate money to, you know. And your foundation is truly worthy of that. I'm a I'm a oh, promote. Please do because there's this because look, you know, I I get I don't. I don't get angry. I get frustrated. I sit sometimes and I think right now this, there's, there's people, there's a town that needs a water generator. And here I have the capability to make a water generator, but I need donations to do it. And I understand that we're, we're in an economic crisis right now. Everyone says we're in a recession. No, we're in an economic crisis. People are broke. Yeah. They don't have money. Things are expensive. Well, this, you want to go help somebody, but you don't have the capability to do it because no one can donate to it. Right. 
right? If you could that that would be a that would be a blessing to so many people. If you could push that out, and we could make enough money to well, listen, to, I, I could build some machines and give yeah. them away to people. I'll I'll be announcing the Moses West Foundation and what it's all about on this program every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And I'll donate to it because to me, there's nothing more important than what sustains human life. And we cannot live without water. And you have found a way to extract water from just in your environment and then get that uh, water buffalo to store it in or whatever <laughs> whatever tank you want to use or whatever barrel you want to use to store it in until you have clean water. You know? I'll tell you what we'll do. I'll be I'm in I'm in the middle of a I'm in the middle of a manufacturing run right now and what and I've I've redesigned I've designed a machine that's completely different. It's a it's an awesome machine. And give me about give me about a give me about a month. Okay. And um, I'll give you an invitation, and you can come here, and you can, you can, you can see the machines in operation. And well, you said you're that. in Illinois. I'm going to be uh, in uh, that area in October. I'll be in that area. That's per- that's perfect. Yeah. That's absolutely perfect. I will come see you because I'll be there for about a week and a half. I'll be there. So you you get to, you'll get to see the latest and the greatest. Yep, firsthand, and and so I can report back to brothers and sisters. But once again, even though I, I will, will 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 talk, you know, even before then. But I just want you to know that uh, the clean water machine, the AFTF, will, will be announced on this program and making people aware. Because you know, the more people are aware, the more they understand. Hopefully, the more they'll be willing. See, because see, to me. And I'm saying it again, brother. You should. It should be no problem for you to get the donations and contributions, and 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 have others. When there's billionaires, there are billionaires and millionaires. All the money, you know, it's only unfortunately concentrated within just ten percent or one percent of the billionaires, and the rest ninety percent. We just getting by every day. Just getting by every day. So I understand what you're saying. Well, the programs we're going to end. Anything else you want to say, Brother Moses West? Uh, so the only, the last thing is that the the machines that the people are that are going out to people now, there's nothing in the world like them. Right on. It, it is the newest. It's the newest thing that has come out of my mind, and it is absolutely awesome. I can't wait to start rolling them out, and I'm doing that right now. Right on. Well, yeah, you you're going to be on that pantheon of, of American African inventors, or or African inventors, because there have been some great men and women who have invented many great things that have serviced humanity, not for the money, not for the grandizement or accolades. They did it because they saw a need and 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 and, and, and filled that need, and you've done that. So once again, thank you, dear brother. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me on, and, right and on. thank you all for sticking with us. I appreciate it. Thank right you on. very much. All right. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep means go in peace. Asante sana, 
means thank you. Bibi Fahodie means our victorious destiny. Bibi Fahodie, we will be victorious. Have a blessed and wonderful day, family. Hope to see you on Friday. Peace.